Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help autistic adults and teens become more successful. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. We have talked many times on Autism Stories about the power of special interests for autistic people. How these special interests can develop community, open you up to new experiences, help to deal with sensory sensitivities, and can give you so many other positive benefits. On this episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Jeff Joyner about his son Logan's special interest of roller coasters and how this passion has enhanced Logan's life in so many different ways. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, good to be here. I wanted to start off with learning, where does your story in the autism community begin? Well, we started, uh, I think where almost every other parent in the autism community started, with a kid that was struggling. Um, We have uh, two daughters, Amanda and Natalie, and our third child is named Logan. And uh, both of our girls were talking around their first birthday. Logan was not, uh, still not talking around his, uh, second birthday. Um, started doing a lot of really, really repetitive things, you know, wanted to, uh, be the first one to come in the house, close the door, open the door, let everybody come in, close the door again. And if you didn't let him do that, he'd scream for hours. And if the microwave buzzed, he'd come running from wherever he was in the house and, uh, wanted to lift him up and let him open the door of the microwave. And if you didn't let him do that, he'd scream for hours. And and uh, we thought for a while that we just kind of had a fussy child. You know, maybe this is the terrible twos. And then uh, when he turned three, he still hadn't started talking yet, and um, but started uh, more and more screaming and crying, covering his ears when he was upset, uh, getting very, very frustrated. And then, you know, you could tell he'd get frustrated, and then he was frustrated because he was frustrated, and he... I think he forgot what he was upset about even, but he was just upset all the time. Uh, Around three and a half is when he started uh, punching himself in the face and slapping himself in the face. And uh, you'd have to grab his arm and hold him back. And he'd punch himself with the other hand and you'd have to wrap him up and hold him, you know, until he fell asleep, sometimes for hours. And that's when we kind of admitted as parents, you know, this is more than just a fussy kid, you know. We need some help. And so we had a neighbor suggest, you know, the school district has an evaluation program for special needs kids. And uh, I was, we were honestly a little in denial about that for a day or two. Like, you know, special needs, I don't know. And, um, but we, uh, we needed help. And so we um, went in and had Logan evaluated and then we had the meeting. And if you've ever been to the meeting, you know what I'm talking about. It was the speech pathologist and the audiologist and the occupational therapist and the early childhood development specialist and the child psychologist and the special ed teacher. And uh, they gave us uh, what we kind of thought was coming, which was an educational assessment of autism. And a little freaked out about that, thought maybe they were going to say that, but didn't really know what to do. We were uh, blown away by the plan that they put together for him, the IEP. And uh, that there was all these experts that were pretty confident that they could teach him how to talk and they could teach him how to uh, use scissors and hold a pen and learn how to write and uh, all things he couldn't do. 
at the time. And so that, uh, that began our journey. Now, Logan has developed a passion for roller coasters, but there was a time when nobody would have ever imagined Logan would ride a roller coaster. Why was that the case? Well, yeah, he was, uh, you know, had a, an interesting mix of things that he didn't like, uh, like every kid on the spectrum. Uh, the things that really seemed to bother him the most, uh, some I think typical, maybe some not as common, but, uh, you know, did not like loud noises, did not like unfamiliar surroundings, uh, didn't like crowds, uh, didn't like strangers, didn't like heights uh, or fast moving things. And so we were uh, quite shocked when we noticed that he started um, uh, liking to go on YouTube and watch videos of roller coasters. And he would watch uh, what they call the POV videos, the point of view which is like a camera on the front of the coaster, and he would watch for hours and hours and hours. And uh, by this time, I mean, he was doing that when he was, uh, he probably started around when he was five. And he did that when he was five and when he was six and when he was seven. And we'd say, Logan, do you, do you want to ride a roller coaster? And he'd say, are you crazy? <laughs> they're high, they're fast, they're loud, they're full of strangers. Why would you say that? And we're like, well, you're the one watching these videos. And... Um, uh, it was fascinating, and then uh, he he did that for several years, and then we live right by Kings Island, which I think you know you grew up in Cincinnati, you used to live here at least, you know where Kings Island is, and uh, we would go over to Kings Island, and he would watch the coasters, and he spent a year uh, just watching the coasters, and he was afraid to ride, and uh, in fact he uh, he would memorize the the footage that he saw on uh, YouTube, and and then he would go to the park and sit in one of the test seats outside of the ride and he would close his eyes and play the video of himself riding in his mind and you could see him turning his head and and uh, it was really really interesting but uh, he also during that time was memorizing all the stats uh, by the time he was eight years old he could tell you every roller coaster in the world how tall it is how fast it goes the angle of its steepest hill the manufacturer what year that it opened <laughs> how many feet of track and uh, it was uh, it was fascinating. He's probably the world's leading expert at the time on coasters who'd never ridden a roller coaster. Uh, but one day when uh, in June, when he was eight years old, he said, Dad, I'm ready to be brave. And I said, what does that mean? <laughs> he said, I want to ride a roller coaster. And I said, okay, do you know which one? And he said, yep, Snoopy's Flying Ace Aerial Chase at Kings Island. It opened in 1991. It's 2,374 feet of track. He knew all the stats. And so we went over to Kings Island, and he rode it with his sister, and uh, and he loved it. He just loved it. And he uh, then he wanted to ride Racer, and then he wanted to ride Adventure Express. And uh, that summer, he rode uh, every roller coaster at Kings Island. It was amazing. Every human being has fears, and in many cases, it stops us from taking action in our lives. So I'm wondering... Has Logan overcoming his fear of roller coasters benefited him in other areas of his life? Yeah, it really has. We noticed um, that summer that he started riding, he uh, very quickly um, started uh, kind of shedding some of his other limitations. And I don't know if the proper term is symptoms or not. That's probably not the right term. But things that used to always bother him. Uh, kind of started fading away. 
And, um, you know, the first thing we noticed is that he wasn't afraid of loud noises anymore. You know, he was the kid in uh, kindergarten in first and second grade who had to have the uh, noise-reducing headphones on all the time. Uh, we had to, uh, the, the teachers had to pull him out of the school before they did a fire drill because it just would, uh, was not a good thing. Uh, but when he overcame uh, his fears of, of, of heights and fast-moving things, and it was his interest and passion in coasters that really kind of drove him, uh, but we really noticed a big difference uh, in some other areas. And um, when it kind of came to a head as we went back to school that fall, and uh, we had our first meeting with his IEP teachers, and they looked at us, you know, this is the, all the special ed teachers at the, uh, the, the first, you know, meeting, parent-teacher meeting we had, and they looked at us and said, okay, what happened to Logan? And we said, what? What, what happened to Logan? And they said, he's a completely different kid. He's not afraid of loud noises. He's looking his teachers in the eye. He's communicating better. He's sitting in class quietly. Like, what happened? And we told him that he rode all the coasters at Kings Island that summer, and they didn't even believe us. <laughs> they said, look right here in his file. It says that uh, this kid is afraid of loud noises, strangers, crowds, fast-moving things, heights. Uh, there's no way he rode coasters. And I said, well, I don't really know why, but he chose the one activity that's all of those things. And uh, the theory that I have, and uh, some of them are actually kind of considering uh, doing some research on this, is that, you know, what really I think, Logan, I don't know if this is true for other kids, seems to be for some, but what really frightened him, if you boiled it down, was he was afraid of unpredictable situations. And so that was the loud noise. It wasn't the volume, it was the surprise. Same with the crowd, same with the fast-moving things. And so when he would watch those videos online, it reduced his, um, the, the unpredictability that, you know, he would memorize that, you know, what the coaster looked like to ride before he wrote it. So he knew, you know, I mean, coasters are the ultimate predictable experience. They always go the same speed every time. They always turn left before they turn right. And so, uh, that's really was a real key to his breakthroughs was, uh, was reducing, giving him a, a format that he could reduce that, uh, that anxiety they had from the unpredictable. And then the other thing we saw with him was um, a real sense of pride and accomplishment each time that he would, because he was afraid to ride each new coaster. He would get worked up and he would, you know, each coaster he rode was another overcoming adventure for him. It was another breakthrough. And he would get off and say, I'm so proud of myself for riding that. And, you know, it's been my experience that a lot of kids on the spectrum uh, don't have that many opportunities to push themselves past their fears and then experience the fraud, the, the pride that comes along with that. And so, um, yeah, he started doing better in school. Uh, the whole thing was quite remarkable. Now, present day, Logan has been on well over 200 roller coasters. So I imagine there's been a good amount of traveling for him to go on all these rides because there are not 200 roller coasters at Kings Island. So traveling, I think, is a, a great way to expand your worldview by opening you up to new experiences. But there's a lot of unknown expectations. So whether it's new people, changes in routine, sensory sensitivities... So what strategies have you used to make these challenges less stressful for Logan? Great question. Yeah, he, um, 
you know, at that first IEP meeting, I give his teachers a lot of credit because they said, you know, what you're doing for Logan at home is helping him more than what we're doing in school. And so they wrote it into his development plan that we could take him out of school anytime to go to a theme park for therapy. And so, uh, you know, Kings Island is part of a chain of theme parks called Cedar Fair. And so we bought platinum passes for Cedar Fair for Christmas that year and uh, decided to visit some other parks. And uh, he was so excited. The first one we went to was Knott's Prairie Farm out in California. So that was his first ride on an airplane, I think. That was, uh, you know, first time, um, you know, staying in new, unfamiliar surroundings. Then we went to Carowinds down in Charlotte and uh, Kings Dominion down in Virginia. Uh, what I think helped Logan is, you know, he was driven by his passion, right? Like his just desire to ride these coasters. He, he knew he had to travel to ride these coasters. And so he was willing to kind of take in, uh, stride the parts of it he didn't like. And he kind of learned to focus, he kind of learned to just ignore the parts he didn't like and focus on the parts that he did like. And, um, I mean, it really... It really took off to the point he's now he's now ridden over 500 coasters. I think he's like 550. Some the uh, according to American Coaster Enthusiast, the world's largest uh, fan club for roller coasters, he's the youngest person to ever ride 500 different coasters. And uh, we've been all around the world. Uh, in 2018, we took a trip uh, to Europe, and we went to uh, he and I went to 21 theme parks in 22 days in. Spain and Italy and Germany and the Netherlands and Sweden and the UK and boy did that push him out of his comfort zone because now you know you're not staying at the courtyard Marriott that he's used to we were staying in bed and breakfasts and uh, weird hostels and uh, planes trains automobiles rental cars uh, lots of food you know he He's always been a picky eater. He's always kind of been, uh, you know, French fries and pizza and chicken nuggets. And we get to Europe and uh, they don't always have that. And so we had some adventures. We were at a restaurant where the closest thing we could find to what he was used to was uh, Wiener Schnitzel. And I said, well, it's basically a big flat chicken nugget. <laughs> and, um, but again, he started mirroring the experiences he had on coasters. And he would try something new and say, I'm really, I didn't like it, but I'm proud of myself for trying it. And uh, that's really kind of, you know, he's talked before, but he just got interviewed for a documentary about roller coaster enthusiasts last weekend. And he said something uh, in the interview. He said, because uh, he's, you know, he's uh, almost 15 years old now. But he said, I got addicted to the process of facing and overcoming my fears and feeling proud of myself. And uh, it's a pretty awesome thing. That, that definitely is. And I, I've said it so many times that we all need community. And I think one of the really cool things that has come out of Logan's passion for roller coasters is that he has started a YouTube channel, Coaster Kids, that has allowed him to connect with kids from 181 different countries. How has developing this community been important in Logan's life? Well, it all kind of happened by accident really but it's been uh, it's been remarkable he um when we went to Knott's Berry Farms so that was only the second park he'd ever been to and he said dad I want to start a YouTube channel and I honestly didn't even know what that was I mean I knew you could watch videos on YouTube I didn't know you could have your own like TV channel on YouTube and he had it all planned he wanted to call it Coaster Kids with a K and a K and he wanted to uh, ride coasters and he 
He said, Dad, I want to rate them on the LSS. And I said, what is the LSS? He said, it's the Logan Scream Scale. It's zero to five screams. And and so he made a little video at Knott's Berry Farm about one of their coasters, and he rated it five screams on the scream scale. And, uh, and we thought, you know, maybe Grandma and Grandpa watched these videos. But we started getting viewers and comments and emails from kids all over the world that were saying, um, you know, not only did they like his videos, but they were inspired by his courage. And, you know, the one that, you know, kind of really blew me away when I first knew we were kind of onto something with this whole thing was uh, we got a video sent in from a 10 year old boy in Israel. And he said, Shalom, Logan. (laughs) He said, we don't have roller coasters really in Israel. We have rockets and bombs that fall from the sky. And I'm afraid to leave my house. I haven't been to school in two years. But I've been watching Logan's videos on the internet, and if he can be brave enough to ride those coasters, I can be brave enough to go to school. And I went to school every day last week, Logan. Thank you. You know, I'm showing this kid on a globe where Israel is. You know how bizarre that is? But uh, so as it kind of grew and grew and grew, uh, his channel, then, uh, you know, he was having fun doing it. And then he said one day, Dad, we should do a meetup. I said, what's a meetup? All right. It's a YouTube thing. You tell your fans where you're going to be, and they meet you. And I said, oh, you have fans now. And so he announced, hey, I'm going to be doing a meetup at Kings Island on Wednesday. And uh, we got over there, and there was about 25 kids who all showed up that wanted to meet him. Um, interesting demographic. A lot of single children, of sing- uh, a lot of only children of single moms that go to the park and ride with mom, but that gets old pretty quick. And so they... Uh, they, they, they wanted to meet Logan. A lot of kids who were really into roller coasters, but none of their friends weren't. None of their friends were into it, and so they felt like weirdos. They felt like outcasts, and they find uh, they found with Logan a kindred spirit. And uh, you know, they, they've told us hundreds and hundreds of these kids and their parents have told us, you know, my kid really felt like a weirdo until he found Logan online, and he said, "Man, that kid is just like me." And then we've also met a lot of families uh, with kids that are on the spectrum too. And, um, you know, a lot more than I would have ever thought, probably 200 families that we've connected with that have kids on the autism spectrum, uh, that they're into coasters too. And, uh, we talk about it. We think some of it has to do with the sensory G forces of coasters. Um, some of it is kind of the stat driven part of it, but, uh, yeah, but these, um, uh, these connections have been really, really a blessing to our family and to a lot of other families too. And it helped continue to push Logan out of his comfort zone, right? Because just when he was experiencing victory with coasters, along comes a bunch of strangers wanting to meet him. And these kids would come running up at a theme park and throw their arms around him. And he was very uncomfortable with the physical contact, very uncomfortable with talking to strangers. But his passion for what he was doing kind of drove him through it. And uh, I remember him telling me when he was... You know, boy, probably uh, 11 years old. He said, Dad, I, I'm just not comfortable talking to all these strangers, but I know it's my responsibility as a YouTuber, and those are customers of mine. And, and a lot of them buy his T-shirts off his website, so they really are customers. But um, but talking to, you know, the, the first year riding coasters pushed him out of his comfort zone. The next year making the videos did because it was really hard for him to articulate his ideas. We would delete 
10 takes for probably every one that we kept. And uh, But he became really a much better communicator. When he was in sixth grade, uh, they tested him, and he was in the 99th percentile of every sixth grader in America for talking in front of the class and reading in front of the class. And it was because of these YouTube videos he makes. And I just marveled the whole time because here's a kid who couldn't even talk a few years ago. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, and then meeting all the strangers uh, really kind of helped him. And now he's... He's developed a team of kids that work for him around the country uh, that are reporters for his channel. He's got uh, other teenage kids and uh, uh, reporters for his channel that make, make content for him. That you know they live in you know Australia and uh, England and Scotland and Italy and uh, Germany and uh, Canada to Mexico all around the country. And so now he's learning some things uh, right now about leadership. That he's got this team that he's. Uh, put together that he's kind of guiding. And so every step of the way, he's been growing and changing. But um, all the growth has been rooted in, you know, we never really pushed him, but we put him in a position to push himself. And uh, he's very proud of his victories, and we're proud of him too. Has Logan talked about, like, in the future where he would want to take his passion for roller coasters? You know, he... Um, kind of on and off. I think he's like a lot of kids. He doesn't really know. Uh, a lot of the kids we meet want to be roller coaster design engineers. And uh, we actually, he did an interview with uh, the guy who built Mystic Timbers roller coaster at Kings Island. And the guy said, well, you got to love math. And Logan said, I'm out. <laughs> and so um, he's done a little bit of speaking. He's, um, I, I do professional speaking and training for a living. And I brought him I often bring him along with me so we can go visit a theme park. And I asked him if he'd mind sharing with one of my audiences about what he's learned. And he just rocks the crowd. I mean, standing ovation where he's talked about, you know, what he's learned about courage and what he's learned about working with people. And you can find those videos on his channel if anybody's interested on Coaster Kids with a K and a K. But um, so I, I really don't know. He um, one of the things he's fallen in love with is, is helping people. So I think whatever he does in the future may kind of involve that. But uh, we, we really don't know. I think, uh, you know, he might be excited about uh, being part of the theme park industry. Uh, although currently, just in the last few months, he's uh, gotten more and more interested in other adventure things besides just roller coasters. He uh, did his first bungee jump uh, last, uh, what was that, last November? He jumped uh, with a rubber band tied to his ankles, jumped off a 240-foot-tall bridge, and he did it twice. And um, he's just knocking down one fear after the other. And so he started a new channel at the end of last year called Thrills United that he's going to focus on bungee jumping and base jumping and uh, skydiving and whitewater rafting. And, and so he's dragging me into all these activities, too. But uh, we'll see where it all goes. But uh, we really, really don't know at this point. You were talking a little bit earlier about courage, and one of the awesome things that I think about Coaster Kids is the creation of the Be Brave Challenge. Can you tell our listeners what this challenge is all about? Yeah, about, uh, boy, probably three years ago now, maybe four years ago, when, when Coaster Kids was, was still really getting started. Um, you know, do, do you remember the, uh, the ice bucket challenge when people were dumping buckets of ice on their head? Sure. Logan saw that, and he said, you know, I want to do some kind of viral challenge like that. And he said, I want to start the Be Brave Challenge and encourage everyone in the world to overcome one of their fears. And one of my favorite videos he ever made is he was explaining this concept he had. 
and uh, you know, and about how you know, and even he even understood when he was um, you know 10, 11 years old that you know most people are just wrapped up in fears, and it's not just kids on the spectrum; it's everybody. Fear of other people's opinion, and it's not just. Yeah, fear of heights and fear of snakes and fear of sharks. It's fear of what other people think. It's fear of failure. And uh, he kind of dialed into how over, you know, being brave was a key to his own growth and kind of wants to challenge other people to do the same thing. So he made this video describing it and he said, let me give you, oh, and, and you know, one of the things he said that is really profound and I don't think he made it up. He heard someone saying it, but. He said, you know, he really believes, and I agree with him, that courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is when you are afraid, you do the right thing anyway. And he made this video and said, let me give you some examples of courage. And I thought, oh, boy, what's he going to say? And he said, uh, you can make a video riding a coaster you've always been afraid of, or you can hold a snake if you're afraid of snakes, or you can ride a skateboard. He said, or you could just apologize to somebody. And I said, wow, little man, you don't know how many grown-ups I know would rather hold a snake than apologize to somebody. But uh, so he kind of put out this call for submissions for this. And so kids send in these video clips from all over the world. I think he's done 19 of the videos now featuring collections of these clips, and he's working on the 20th now. But, uh, you know, a kid in Germany who's, oh, Kuten Logan, the drop tower is so terrifying, but I'm going to do it. And... Uh, the part that he loves about it, and I love too, kind of watching these and filming these Be Brave challenges, is that always, always, 100% of the time, the kids are proud of themselves after they do it. And it's not just kids. We've got some from adults too. But, uh, but these kids that are so wrapped up in their fears push themselves through. And, uh, and I think it's cool. You know, he's developed this real kind of positive peer pressure that, you know, you're not making anybody do it, right? Forcing someone Anyone who's worked with special needs kids know that forcing them to do something they don't want to do is not good. Uh, that's not healthy. That's not productive. Uh, but Logan and I have learned how we, we look these kids in the eye and you can tell, do they really want to do it? And they're just afraid or are they not ready? And the ones who aren't ready, we let them off the hook. But we've had yeah, hundreds and hundreds of these kids that just, uh, you know, it's so cool to see them light up uh, and feel so good about themselves for having some courage. And it's uh you know, unfortunately, it's a life lesson that's not really taught in school, I don't think. And um, even uh, I, I ruffle some feathers sometimes when I talk about this. Um, feel free to cut this part. <laughs> but a lot of my experience with people in the uh, autism community and a lot of the focus of some of the big national organizations like Autism Speaks and the Autism Society and these groups is on research and accommodation, which is good making life more comfortable for these kids, making the world a better place for them to live in, or at least trying to. Uh, but there's very little focus on the power of helping, empowering, encouraging these kids to face their fears and grow. I've, um, I've contacted some of those organizations about having Logan be a speaker at one of their national conferences because his story is remarkable. It's remarkable how far he's come. And um, I was told in pretty uncertain terms that uh, they're not interested in stories like Logan's because there's no money in it when kids get better and uh, which a little part of my soul died when I heard that but um, uh, but I do think there's something to be said uh, that you know and I've had a lot of other parents too that have come maybe heard me speak at a conference and came up with tears in their eyes and like boy your kid gives my kid hope 
You know, I got a kid on the spectrum too, who's maybe three or four or five. And I always ask him, you know, what's your kid obsessed with? And it's always something different. He's obsessed with trains or light bulbs or, you know, plumbing, whatever. And uh, my advice to them, I'm not an expert, but here's my advice. Dig into those obsessions, right? Why don't you go on vacation to the light bulb museum <laughs> or whatever? Because that's where all Logan's breakthroughs came through his obsession, not trying to steer him toward being a quote-unquote normal kid, but saying, hey, it's okay that you're obsessed with roller coasters. Let's make this part of our life. And uh, it changed everything. For those that might want to get in touch with Logan and Coaster Kids, how would they go about doing so? Well, they can find him on uh, YouTube, um, either Coaster Kids with a Can of K or Thrills United. Uh, he also uh, is pretty active on um, social media. Uh, a lot of the we interact with a lot of these kids on Instagram at uh, Coaster Kids and Thrills United. Uh, a lot of their parents we connect with on Facebook, uh, or somebody can send an email to uh, CoasterKidsOhio at gmail.com, uh, or his uh, new website, Logan at ThrillsUnited.com. And if anyone's interested, I, I think, Doug, you, you saw the, the video, or, or part of it at least. Uh, my wife and I made a very amateur documentary a couple of years ago about his story, and it's got footage of him in there when he was three years old, punching himself, and it, it's heart-wrenching. But, uh, but it really is a story of victory and overcoming. And, um, uh, you know, it'd mean a lot to us if anyone hears this story and it gives somebody some hope that, um, you know, I think that's one of the hardest things having kids on the spectrum. A lot of these families we meet, we meet a lot of families with kids that are four, five, six, seven years old. And they look at Logan and he's a freshman in high school. He's in a regular class. He's got a beautiful girlfriend. Uh, he is uh, not just surviving the world, but he's thriving. You know, we still have some challenges. He still struggles with his homework sometimes. He's still on an IEP. Um, but he's having victory in his life. And uh, the fact that that gives some other people kind of hope of what their future can look like is a pretty amazing thing. Well, Jeff, I really appreciated your time. And thank, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thank you so much to Jeff for the conversation. It is always great hearing about how someone's special interests have changed their life for the better, because that is something, through the coaching of Autism Personal Coach, we are consistently emphasizing. To get an autism coach to support you or a loved one in getting more involved in your special interest, email doug.bletcher at autismpersonalcoach.com or call or text 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On the next episode of Autism Stories, Matthew Kaiser will join us to talk about comedy and the positive impacts that this can have on the lives of autistic people. Talk to you then. Yeah.
just like 